you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, local, please dial 702-650-5588. If you'd like to join in on our discussion today, you have a praise report, a prayer request, a general statement, we'd love to hear from you. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, and that number would be 800-366-8883. I say again, the number for those calling outside the Las Vegas area is 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live in real time over KKVV's website, and their web address is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. In addition to that, we are also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous programs or broadcasts, please feel free to go to our website. Our website address again is www.savethelostlv.org. Just look on for radio broadcasts, click the one that you like to listen to, uh, the gospel is always free on our watch, so feel free to listen as many as you like, all of them, and be sure and tell someone else too so they can listen with you. If you have a iPhone or an Apple device, we are being archived at iTunes. So again, look for Save the Lost at All Costs, and it's free on iTunes as well. If you have a cell phone, and most of us do, I encourage you to listen to KKVV on your cell phone. And you can listen to us right now on the cell phone. And it only works uh, in the United States. So let me give you the number that you should definitely lock in as one of your contacts. And that number would be, to listen to KKVV, 563-999-3194. I'd like to repeat that number for you. 563-999-3194. It will be a big blessing to you, I promise. Now, we're going to get into our topic for today. And our topic for today is I am. But this is a very, very special I am. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. I am. So I am going to um, go over to Exodus And I am going to go to chapter 3, and I'm going to read a couple of verses out of Exodus chapter 3. I am looking at verse 13 and verse 14. Again, we're going to be talking about I am. 
Before I get there, I just want to share just a little bit information for you. But at least you know the scripture we're going to be looking at first. So, you know me. I love to do research. Uh, I consider myself uh, always learning Always wanting to be a disciple. So in order to be a disciple, you have to study. So I constantly study and read. I really, really enjoy that. I I thank God so dearly that he has given me that passion to want to study, to read, to examine, to really, really search uh, the scriptures to make sure that uh, I first am in right standing with God. And then I will be able to present myself and serve as God needs me to serve. So it's very important that um, I do that. It's uh, how I stay connected. And I don't do it because I'm strong. I do it because I'm weak. And it is like my recovery plan. Uh, there are people who are on the road to recovery. And most people are afflicted or addicted to something. So this is what keeps me connected and straight uh, with the great I am that I am. And we'll be looking at that. So I really appreciate that he's given me a thirst and a passion to just to pursue it constantly. Uh, it's uh, a continuous act for me. And I pray that um, I have some people that have that same passion and thirst for the Lord. It's just a, a wonderful thing to have. It's it's really, really great. Not a bad habit at all. A tremendous habit that has eternal blessings and dividends. So acquire it. You won't be sorry. I promise. Now, nearly 75% of the world's population practices one of the five most influential religions of the world. And Buddhism uh, that'd be about 400 million. This is as of 2018. Christianity, about 2.3 billion. Hinduism, about 1 billion. Uh, Islam, about 1.6 billion. And Judaism, which is about 20 million. And my source for that was um, a website, which is www. World's Top Most. That's where I got it. So... Dot com, And the reason why that's important, because most people are following something, even those who uh, commit themselves to being atheists. There are some devout atheists, if you will. So I just wanted to show you um, those numbers, and those numbers are tremendous. And then when we look at what we're talking about, I am, just keep your mind and your heart and your spirit open, and you'll see... Um, how that is really, really important in the context that we're talking about because um, people are going to have to make a clear definition as to who they're with. It's important. And you're going to have to give an account. So uh, let's get to it. Again, we're in Exodus chapter 3, and we're looking at verses 13 and 14. I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this, verse 13. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, 
Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now looking at uh, my study Bible, uh, there's some information down here that I'd like to share with you. And it talks about um, the scriptures that uh, we just looked at, verses uh, 13 and 14, and also encompasses verse 15. So let me read verse 15, and then that way um, you'll see how it applies. Verse 15, again, Exodus 3, verse 15. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Now let's look at what um, the study Bible is saying as far as making you very aware of what uh, God is wanting you to get out of this. Again, we're looking at verses 13 through 15. The Egyptians had many gods by many different names. Moses wanted to know God's name so the Hebrew people would know exactly who had sent him to them. God called himself I Am, a name describing his eternal power and unchangeable character. In a world where values, morals, and laws change constantly, we can find stability and security in our unchanging God. The God who appeared to Moses is the same God who can live in us today. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because God's nature is stable and trustworthy, we are free to follow and enjoy him rather than spend our time trying to figure him out. Also, Jehovah or Yahweh means I am. God reminded Moses of his covenant promises to Abraham. We can find that in Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3, 15 and 17. Isaac in Genesis 26, verses 2 through 5, and Jacob, Genesis 28, 13 through 15, and used the name I Am to show his unchanging nature. What God promised to the great patriarchs hundreds of years earlier, he would fulfill through Moses. His wisdom spans the ages, and his promises give meaning and direction to our lives. The target audience was familiar with the promises that God had made to, again, Abraham, to his son Isaac, and to Isaac's son Jacob. So it was very important that Moses represent the Most High God and that they knew that there was a clear distinction because earlier Egypt did have a lot of gods. And see, we have to understand this, that Abraham, like us, was created. But you have to understand, God, Jehovah, Yahweh, the Most High God, already existed. There was not one who created him. He created us. And my Greek lesson for today, as you know, we are going to take one Greek word a week 
is the word for I and the word for am. So, I am. The first word, I, is ego. And a lot of you will recognize that. And uh, an, an English pronunciation of that word would be ego. And it's E-G-O. And you can find it in Strong's 1473. Again, it is a personal pronoun that represents I. Now, for the am part, I want to go to Strong's 1510. Now, there you will see I am together. And it's still have to use the ego part. But it would be ego theme. And the theme would be E-I-M-A-I. So it would be ego theme. And that means I am. But in Strong's 1510, it has that I am, I exist. So there's the real serious part that we need to get. See, it's not... That he was created. He is the one that's doing the creating. He was already here. It speaks to his divinity. To his eternal power and glory. Forever and ever. We're not on the same level. Of one who can call himself I am. And that's the thing that we have to understand. And we must also be very mindful when we say, I am something. People have a tendency to be down on themselves, to speak negativity over themselves. And that is not something you should speak over yourself. Because I am, that I am, created you. And he is the greatest that ever was, that will ever be. He's not even on the level that we're on. So when you say, I am, you're definitely, in my opinion, getting God's attention. Because that's his name. That's what Yahweh and Jehovah means. I am. And it's capitalized. The I is capitalized and the A and the M are capitalized. So imagine, like I said, it's in my opinion, when you say, I am no good or I'm bad or I can't seem to get it right. I'm a loser. I'm worthless. I'm of no good use. Be very, very careful when you speak that over yourself. See, that's you speaking that. If you're using the pronoun I, you must take possession of what you say out of your mouth. Because you will be hold, you'll be held accountable for that. It's very important. And we must be very, very careful with our children. And that when we see them saying things like that, that we caution them and teach them correctly. Because we don't want to associate ourselves 
with being that. That's a continuous action that we're speaking of. See, God never stops being I am. He's continuously I am. So be very careful when you use that to speak about yourself. Or you hear children speak that over themselves. Or you hear people say that and you're in a position to guide them, teach them, lead them, encourage them, help them be accountable. It's very important that we don't miss this. Because God is not in agreement when you use negativity negativity to describe who you are. Now, there are some character issues that no doubt everybody needs to work on. But you want God, his mere presence, to be in agreement with your presence because he created you. So we have to understand that. And there are no religious figures that can even equate their name being that that is equal to Jehovah or Yahweh or the Most High God. No. Mohammed does not equate to that. Buddha does not equate to that. And there are many Hindu gods. They don't equate to I am. So we have to understand that. And we just have to ponder that. See, Moses had been given a mission. And it was a mission that was very specific as to the people he had to fulfill this mission on God's behalf for. And it says the children of Israel. See, their God was distinct. He was also known as the God of miracle signs and wonders. Not a God of sorcery. Not a God that had many gods. Not one that struck terror in the people. Not one that would use sexual immorality to boost themselves up by having sisters and brothers have sex with one another to produce something that they would call a God that was full of birth defects because just by DNA it wasn't proper in reference to the XY chromosomes. There were going to be mutations. And they were going to be horrible mutations. And we see that a lot in the Egyptian dynasty. You can see it in the so-called princes and kings. 
So it had to be a great distinction. And then when we get over to Isaiah, I'd like us to look at Isaiah. So I'm going to get over to Isaiah. There's something there that I want to share with you. And Isaiah. And then we're going to end up going into the um, New Testament too. And because we have to look at our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the context of I am. So I want to go to Isaiah and I want to go to chapter 42. And I want to look at around verse 8. And here it is. The word of God says this. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. Isaiah 42 verse 8. I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory I will not give to another. Nor my praise to carved images. Wow. See, it harmonizes with what we just read in Exodus 3 and we looked at verses 13, 14, and 15. And we have to look at that. How Jehovah, Yahweh, the Most High God, is definitely emphasizing here that I am the Lord and my name and my glory will not, I will not give it to another, nor my praise to carved images. Because man has a tendency to want to make all kinds of carved images and things that they can connect with, which is idolatry. Because you're giving reverence and praise and equating something that you made with your hands, man-made, to that that is eternal. So, no. He's warning the people. He's instructing the people. Anything that you create... Anything that you're worshiping in and outside of me? No, I'm not in agreement with that. And he's given them real, excellent instruction. So that's the beautiful thing about God Almighty. There's nothing like him. Nothing that can even compare So we don't have to try to figure him out. He's tried. He's true. He's tested. Nobody can do what he does. Not even close. And if you are thinking about having a relationship with the Lord and you're not quite there. Well, look around you. It's something that we would call general revelation. Look at the sky above you. Look at the earth beneath your feet. Oceans and rivers and stars and moon and the sun. 
I mean, there are systems in place. Nature works perfectly. It's when man has an interpretation of nature, other than how it was divinely set up, there are problems. But look at everything in the animal kingdom. Look at your flora. Look at all your herbs, your trees. Experience the wind, the seasons. You have to come to the conclusion pretty quickly that it's above and beyond man. And that it has such detail and such purpose and such symmetry and such order of a divine source. Men are busy bickering more often than not. Controlled by lust and jealousy and false sense of importance and greed. Revenge. That was not God's motivation in creating us. No. None of that entered in. He's totally devoid of that. That's what happens when we want to do things our way. We're consumed and overwhelmed with emotion and confusion and the past and comparisons. Who can compare with God? Who? What man could possibly be a ruler as in 12 inches when it comes to God? And what man can be a king when it comes to God? An eternal king. So, that's just general revelation. Now, let's look at his word. What other word is there to compare to the Holy Scriptures? What word is there out there that he reveals himself and his plan for salvation and eternity? What other holy book is like it? There's no book that's been printed more than the Holy Bible in every language that you could imagine. What other book can that be said about? What other book has his divine word in it? That these Words 
can transform, can open us up to a realm that is eternal, that can show us that we're in need of a Savior, of a Lord, that we're in need of the gift of repentance, forgiveness, salvation, deliverance, healing, wisdom, knowledge, love, hope, faith, fellowship, mission, missionary, preacher, teacher, evangelist, minister, Pastor, elder, deacon, deaconess. And the wonderful teachings that were set forth by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And how the disciples became apostles. And how the Holy Spirit was there the whole time. As the Son was there the whole time. As God was there the whole time. And that the promise and the covenant that is still in existence and waiting for us. As we complete our assignments here in a season called now. And that we will be rewarded for our faith. What other book gives you those general revelations and divine revelations? Then it shows his character. And now we can move into the New Testament. Because now we're going to see the seven I am statements that are associated with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you will start to see how this was always connected. It's a continuum. It doesn't stop. It's not changing. It's forever and evermore. So I want us to go to the book of John. John is just riveting. With about that that our Lord is. And was and always will be. I really encourage you to read the book of John. And I doubt that you can get through it without hyperventilating because it's going to really start cursing through your veins and your spirit is going to open up.
And there's going to be an illumination in you. So great and so powerful. That it's going to be hard to breathe. But take it all in. Because you have to get to a point. Where you're going to be steadfast. In what you follow and what you believe. There's several things out there. But there's none like this. I am. Is leading. I am. Is in charge. I am. Is tried and true. I am. Is the foundation of the world. This is not a time to sleep. This is not a time to lag. This is not a time to wonder if or wonder not. No. This is a time to be laser beam focused. This is a time to focus your being and all of your being on that that is true. On that that is eternal. That that is just. You got to get to the point where you can see it as clear as you can see your hands. Touch your face. Blink your eyes. Twinkle your toes. It should be that apparent to you. No matter what's going on, that's a distraction at best. You need to stay focused. Focus on I am. Now let's look at John. We're going to go to chapter 8 and I'm going to look at verse 58 with you. All right. Again, we're in the book of John. And I want to look at verse 58. And the word of God says this. Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) See, we have to understand the target audience. They were very quick to remind Jesus that they were descendants of Abraham. And he says clearly, I am was before Abraham. Imagine who could be that firm in making that testimony. One who was definitely before Abraham, which was the son. But now he has come to fulfill the prophecy God wrapped in flesh, the hypostatic union of God and man. And here he is presenting to them. Well, they didn't like that because it contradicted who they thought they were as a people. They didn't become a people. Until the great I am called them his people. Verse 59. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. Jesus still had to fulfill the prophecy. The work had to be done at the cross. So he wasn't going to let those who chose not to believe, stop him for 
from fulfilling the prophecy to put down death so that we can have eternal life because every soul that sinned must die. The work had to be done. We had to be reconciled to the Father. We could not be reconciled until he completed what needed to be done at the cross. You really have to appreciate that. Who else out there has done that for you? Or is even capable of doing that for you? Now, I'm sure we love ourselves more than anybody else loves us. And we're not capable of doing that for ourselves. So if love's the thing, we're limited in our capacity to love. Because we're not capable of saving ourselves. No. As great as we think we are, we're no comparison to the great I am that I am. None whatsoever. Not even close. But that's all right. Why do you need to be when you have him? And he's not far away. And what he did, the gift of salvation, he did not charge you. It did not cost you. There are no other leaders of any one of these leading religions that can attest to that. And when we look at verse 58 a little closer, and I want to use my study Bible here. It says, this is one of the most powerful statements uttered by Jesus. When he said that he existed before Abraham was born, he undeniably proclaimed his divinity. Not only did Jesus say that he existed before Abraham, he also applied God's holy name, I am. And we saw that in Exodus 3.14 to himself. This claim demands a response. It cannot be ignored. The Jewish leaders tried to stone Jesus for blasphemy because he claimed equality with God. But Jesus is God. How have you responded to Jesus, the Son of God? Wow. Powerful. Riveting. Now let's look at some things. Now. I'm going to make a few statements here and then we're going to go look them up in the scripture. And again, these are seven I am statements that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ made. He said that I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the true vine. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. Let's look at it closely. Hmm. Let's ponder this. The bread of life. Something more than just food. The light of the world. 
It's got to be more than a regular lamp. I am the door. It's got to be more than just the door to your home or to your job or to your worship center. It's got to be more than that. I am the true vine. It's got to be more than a plant. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Wow. That's power packed. That's three things in one sentence. And I am the resurrection and the life. Well, we have to look at the work that was done on the cross. So, when he was crucified, he died. He was buried. Then he rose up in three days. That's a resurrection. And the life. Now, what kind of life? It's got to be eternal life. One that doesn't end because he overcame death. Once you know you're not going to die, you're going to live forever in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you make that decision to come into relationship with him, then why should you be afraid to die? You're not going to die. Yes, you will leave this body in this realm, but you will experience eternal life. And then I am the good shepherd. See. God establishes. With Moses. When he gives him the mission. He's Moses' pastor. He is counseling Moses. He is teaching Moses. He is making sure that Moses is learning his lessons and that Moses gets it and that he understands the word and that he's applying it because God used him, inspired him. And Moses is attributed to writing the first five books of the Bible through the inspiration of God. Man, that's some kind of discipleship right there. That's some kind of fellowship right there. That's some kind of faith right there. That's the Holy Spirit, God the Son, God the Father, working in and through Moses. Moses was an instrument. He was a testament to who God was and is and will always be. Yes, Moses was human. Moses had some challenges, but Moses would get back up. And even when he did not follow God and struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock, he understood that it was he did not, and it was not God who didn't keep his promise, who did not do as he was instructed to do. See, Moses understood that. Moses didn't argue with God. He just asked for the ability to see the promised land because he knew he wasn't going 
into the promised land. And God honored his request and let him see it. And Moses privately ordained Joshua and then publicly ordained him and presented him to the people and said he will be the one who would lead. See, the mission was still the mission. God's promise was associated with the house of Israel going into the promised land because God had promised him that. So that was going to be fulfilled. See, God's promise will be fulfilled. Because that's part of being who I am is. So let's look at this. We're going to go to John 6. And we're going to look at verses 35 through 48. Because we will see there where we're talking about I am the bread of life. So that's the first of the seven I am statements from Jesus. So let's go there now. Again, we're going to look at John 6. And we're going to look at verses 35 through 48. And the word of God says this, verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. 36. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. 37. All that the father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. 38. For I have come down from heaven. Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Verse 39. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, And I will raise him up at the last day. 41. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. 42. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? 43. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. 45. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. 46. Not that anyone has been, no, 46, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. 47, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. 48, I am the bread of life. Wow. He starts off with I am the bread of life and ends with I am the bread of life. So if you didn't hear me at first, now you know. Riveting. Every time I see the scriptures again, I I see more and more things. It's just awesome. That's why we got to keep reading. You get more revelation. Amen. Now we're going to go to John 8 and we're going to look at I am the light of the world. So John 8 verse 12 and the word of God says this. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of 
of life. Starts with it and ends with it. This is just amazing. Now we're going to go to John 10, verse 7. And this is, I am the door. Again, John 10, verse 7. And the word of God says this. And Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Mm, mm, mm. Amen. I, I want to read a little bit down. Verse 8. And all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. 10. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, when we go down to um, verse 11, it talks about, I am the good shepherd. So we're still in John verse 10, excuse me, chapter 10, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 14. And the word of God says this, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, 12, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them, 13. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep, 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Praise God. I mean, how many times did he emphasize he was the good shepherd? The good shepherd once, twice. At least three times in that passage. Praise God. Now, let's look at um, I am the true vine. So, we're going to go to John 15. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And the word of God says this. Verse 1. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. 4. Abide in me and I in you. And the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Amen. Just wonderful spiritual nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget. Now let's go to... um John 14, 6. Let's turn back again. John 14, verse 6. And the word of God says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But look at verse 7. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Whew. Powerful. Just absolutely powerful. So we did the good shepherd. We did the way, the truth, and the life, the true vine, the door, the light of the world, and the bread of life. Now we need to do uh, John chapter 11. So I'm going to John chapter 11, and I need to look at verse 25. And the word of God says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. 
26, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe about the I am? We have seen it laid out for us so beautifully in Exodus. We looked at Isaiah. Then we went to the seven statements that Jesus made about I am. And it shows the true character of who God is, who the Son is, our Savior, our Lord, the Holy Spirit. And he works through us and is operating as the comforter and the helper and to our Lord and Savior returns. We have to really appreciate that there's no one, nothing that's like the great I am that I am. The most high God, Jehovah, Yahweh, nothing. There's nothing like his son. There's nothing like our savior, Yeshua, our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing like them, nothing. And we have a great opportunity to embrace this, to rededicate our lives, to operate from a position of strength, of truth. Don't be distracted. Men who call themselves God, they might be, but they're not the most high God. You have saw and heard. Now it's time to operate from that. We must commit to that that we know is true. That's divine. That's eternal. Because as long as we're wavering... We're unstable in all our ways. We love you. Save the lost at all costs. And God bless. See you next week. It is our humble prayer that the most high God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit field, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.
Why don't you bless this ministry? Yes, that's right. Bless them by calling them, emailing them, and sharing.